Well, we're going to start a new series uh, today. We've been in the Make Jesus Famous for about uh, two months. And today we'd like to start a new series called Understanding the Church and the Kingdom Age. If you remember, maybe back two months ago, I talked about the church transitioning from a church age into a kingdom age. Let's go in our Bibles, if you have your Bibles. If, uh, again, I'm going to be reading a lot today from the Passion Translation. If you don't have a copy, I encourage you to buy one. You can get them anywhere. You know, you can get them on CBD. You know, some of you order from a Christian CBD. And uh, you can get them anywhere, actually, online. But I'd like to start in Romans 8, verse 19. If you, you can just read along in your, your translation. That's fine. Romans 8. I think John's going to put up the passion for you. It's, and this one scripture here is like, I don't know, it just rocks my world anyway. It's one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites I have today, a lot. But in, I'm going to read verses 19, Romans 8, 19 through 21. It says, the entire universe. That's pretty big. What you think? The entire universe is standing on tiptoe. Yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Isn't that powerful? How many's ever stood on their tiptoes before? You know, you just want to see a little bit more. How about if you're in a crowd? You know, I mean, I've been in crowds where you know everybody's standing level, so there's not you're not up. You know, you're everybody's level, and you want to see to the front. You have to get up on your tiptoes to see the front. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Verse 20 says, For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. And how many know that freedom is through Jesus Christ? Amen? For against its will, I mean, for against its will, the universe itself had to endure the empty futility. But with eager expectation, all creation longs for the freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Standing on our tiptoes. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but children love to stand on their tiptoes. Children just, just like an automatic thing for a lot of children. Desperately longing to see the glory of those destined to unlock their fullest potential in the kingdom of God. From 2021, how many that's the year we're in, 2021? How many has made a mistake yet on their check? <laughs> Be honest, we'll have an altar call. From 2021 and beyond, we will see eager expectations for all creation being fulfilled. 
Who would have ever thought creation like humanity was subject to slavery and decay and now longs to experience eternal freedom with the sons of God? I think that's a powerful statement. That's what I like about the Passion Translation so much. You know, that the wording is so powerful. It says, today even creation is applauding our ability to see our true eternal state in the kingdom of heaven. It's celebrating the glory of sonship. And we will also see a new layer of joy, the joy of the Lord increasing on the earth. Instead of fear, the supernatural peace and love of God will become apparent glory in His people. All of creation will increasingly celebrate the glory of God in ways the world has never witnessed. I don't care what's happening in our world. And it's not going to, it's not going to stop us from being who we are as sons and daughters of God, declaring the glory of God and praising and worshiping Him. Amen? And all this represents another level of spiritual maturity rising in the earth, stirring all creation toward a heightened awareness of the love and the glory of God. I, I say this all the time. It's one of my wife's favorite sayings. Learn to live above the line. You know, don't live in, 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 in the craziness of humanity, but live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't live in the earthly realm. Live in the spiritual realm. You're born of the Spirit. You know, we're, we live above the line. Amen? And as we increasingly see creation from the perspective of eternity, which is the true eternal nature, the spirit of mourning will completely dissipate from all creation. The glory of creation, super sons and daughters of God. God is raising up super sons and daughters of God. We are crossing in 2021 and beyond. We are crossing a new threshold into an unusual display of signs and wonders which will redefine our perspective and interaction with all creation because we are presently living in a kingdom age of transformation. We've cro it's a new era. It's a new time. It's a new day which will present creation in light of what we have never seen before. Let's go to Psalm 148. Again, I'm still in the Passion. <laughs> Psalm 148. Verses 3 through 5. It says, Keep it up, sun and moon. Don't stop now, all you twinkling stars of light. Take it up even higher up to the highest heavens until the cosmic chorus thunders His praise. Let the entire universe erupt with praise to God. Let the entire universe erupt with praise to God. From nothing to something, He spoke and created it all. That's powerful. Now let's go to Acts chapter 3, 20 and 21. In the Passion, 3, 
says, and He will send you Jesus, the Messiah, the Chosen One for you. For He must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place, fulfilling everything that God said long ago through His holy prophets. For years I've been declaring from this pulpit, I've been declaring over and over that creation needs to awaken to its true state in the kingdom of God. Thus, Global Kingdom Network. That's why it's, it's what we thought about. And through the years, through song and declarations, I've seen some amazing responses in creation toward the glory of sonship in me and in all of you and in even others. And I also believe that we're in an age where God's creation will release new songs. Mike? Luke? New songs. Anita? Mike? Mike? Two mics. Got a... Macau. Increasing new songs and praise unto the Lord. The increasing light and love of God is leading His people out of a sleeping slumber. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 verse 14 in the Passion I'm going to read. Ephesians 5.14 It says, Arise, you sleeper. Rise up from your coffin. And the Anointed One will shine His light into you. It doesn't say upon you. It says into. So it's time to awaken the dreams and the vision God has given you. God has given us. And prophetically declare the dreams and the visions of God in me, us, have not died and are awakening to the purposes and the destiny of God in us. Amen? Let's go to Romans 1.20. Romans 1.20. It says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. They have no excuse. For some, it can be very difficult to imagine just like people of God are destined to go from glory to glory. So creation is moving from one realm of glory to the next. Each glorious stage of transformation is purposed to reveal the mysteries of God of heaven on earth. And here's a mystery that I, I believe that can change thinking about creation. And it's called divine creation interaction. One of my favorite movies on the planet, I, have, I probably have a hundred, but one of them is Charlotte's Web. I love a talking pig. And I do love a talking barn with ducks that talk and horse that talks and a cow that talks. How many ever heard of St. Francis Assisi? He lived in the year 1181 to 
to October 3rd, 1226 as the most Christ-like person of all ages. He gave up his fortune to live among the creatures of the land. On a daily basis, St. Francis would preach to the birds and the other animals. He respected nature and regarded all creatures as his brothers and sisters. It was said that all creatures would communicate the mysteries of God to him. History records him as having the ability to interact with God's creatures on a level none have ever witnessed before. Many witnesses say that St. Francis would dialogue with creation as though they were all a part of the universal language of God's kingdom. Humanity interacting with creation. There is coming a time when the sons and daughters of God will enter into a pakao moment in history. Pakao, say, it's, a P, it's spelled P-A-K-A-W. I'm probably butchering it, John, but it's the best I could do. But this revelation was inspired through the story of the prophet Balaam and his donkey. Balaam was on his way to hook up with the Moabites, which angered the Lord, and as a result, God sent an angel to take Balaam out. However, Balaam's donkey could see the angel with the sword in his hand and tried to go around him. Thus, the moment of divine intervention escalated into a personal interaction between Balaam and his donkey. Let's go to Numbers 22. Not sure you read this recently, but let's go to rehearse. Numbers 22. I'm going to read from the Message Bible. Numbers 22, verses 20. Oh, we've got a problem now. You have that up there, John? Oh, good. I'll read with you. So God came to Balaam that night and said, let's see if I can find that thing. God came to, oh, there it is. God came to Balaam that night and said, since these men have come all this way to see you, go ahead and go with them, but make sure you do absolutely nothing other than what I tell you. Now, that's what God said. Tell them, what did God tell them to do? You can go with them, but don't do anything except what I tell you to do. How many know that's very hard for humans? Because they want to outthink God. Okay? Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went off with the nobleman from Moab. As he was going through, God's anger flared the angel of God stood in the road to block his way. Balaam was riding his donkey, accompanied by his two servants. When the donkey, the donkey, the you know what it is, I'm not saying it, <laughs> when the donkeys, Oh my gosh. Saw the angel. I, I think the guy riding the donkey was the donkey. <clears throat> Saw the angel blocking the road and brandishing a sword. She, she veered off the road into the ditch. Balaam beat the donkey. 
and got her back on the road. But as they were going through the vineyard with a fence on either side, the donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered into the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. And Balaam hit her again. God's angel blocked the way yet again. A very narrow passage this time. There was no getting through on the right or the left. Seeing the angel, Balaam's donkey sat down under him. I bet that was good, huh? Balaam lost his temper. He beat the donkey with his stick. And then God gave speech. Now, another translation says that He removed the restraint from the donkey to talk in our language. He removed the restraint. Then God gave the speech. So, and she then said to Balaam, what have I done? The donkey's talking here. What have I done to you that you have beat me these three times? I bet you there's a lot of animals, dogs in particular, chickens, a lot of animals in God's creation that would like to talk to some of us about our behavior and how we treat them. Even horses. Balaam said, because you were playing games with me, I mean, he starts a conversation with his donkey. If I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your trusty donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up till now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? He said no. Then God helped Balaam to see what was going on. He saw God's angel blocking the way, brandishing a sword. And Balaam fell to the ground, his face in the dirt. God's angel said to him, Why have you beaten your poor donkey these three times? I have come here to block your way because you're getting way ahead of yourself. The donkey saw me and turned away from these three from me these three times. If she didn't, I would have killed you by this time. But not the donkey. I would have let her off. I'm here to kill you, not the donkey. Balaam said to God's angel, I have sinned. I have no idea you were standing in the road blocking my way. If you don't like what I'm doing, I'll head back. But God's angel said to Balaam, go ahead, go with them, but only say what I tell you to say. Absolutely no other word. I think he messed up along the way. Was saying things he shouldn't have been saying. And God had to get his attention. Aren't you glad that God doesn't use swords anymore to get our attention? There'd be a lot of dead people on the streets. And so Balaam continued to go with Balak's nobles. That word there in the reference, the word open in reference to opening the donkey's mouth, comes from the Hebrew word pakau, P-A-K-A-W, 
which means to loosen or remove restraint. In other words, God removed the restraint of speech from the donkey, <clears throat> enable him to, to openly communicate with Balaam. It's important to note, Scripture doesn't describe Balaam as being shocked by the donkey's ability to speak. In fact, he immediately began to engage with the donkey as if it were some family affair. This leads me to believe prophets of old were acquainted with the ability to interact with creation beyond modern day understanding. And this falls in line with earlier prophets' understanding of taking authority over all creation. In reference to speaking with creation, God speaks to Job. Let's go to Job 12. Bet you haven't been there in a while either. I used to, I used to witness to a guy at work at the Illuminating Company, and he used to call this book the Book of Job. I said, I don't care what you call it, let's get there. Amen? Let's go to Job chapter 12. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Job 12. Almost there. These pages are so full and big. Okay, Job 12. New Living. Verse 7. It says, Just... God's talking here. He says, Just ask the animals and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the sky and they will tell you. Speak to the earth and it will instruct you. And let the fish in the sea speak to you. Are you with me? Are you astounded yet? Just ask the animals and they will teach you. Speak to the earth and it will instruct you. Let the fish in the sea speak to you. See, beyond 2021, we are going to witness what I call a global pacao moment when countless people will establish communicative relationships with creation on a historical level. At which time a supernatural awakening will appear on the earth, one of which will demonstrate the ability of all creation to manifest the glory of God beyond measure. And we will find that the Holy Spirit is fine-tuning our spiritual ears. How many got two kinds of ears? Two sets. You got a natural set of ears and you have a spiritual set of ears. You have two eyes. You have a natural eye and you have a spiritual eye. So that our eyes and ears can begin to hear the language and the frequency of creation. It's as though God is keeping us in the loop concerning the future intent of God for... I was glad we sang that song, Mike. Worthy of all things. All things. The simplicity is being still and listening to the language of heaven just reverberating through all creation. The idea of communicating with creation and actually expecting a response is beyond most human reasoning, but we're of the Spirit. We're born again. We have to learn new languages. 
the idea of, of communicating with creation. However, this new kingdom age of understanding reaches beyond the flesh. You know, God doesn't call us to do the possible. He calls us to do the impossible. He doesn't call us to see the visible. He calls us to see the invisible. He is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the invisible. And understanding reaches beyond what we are created by and for. Colossians 1.16 Colossians 1.16 New King James Amen. Got that up there for me? Okay. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether visible and invisible. So there's got to be an invisible creation somewhere. It's in your Bible. Amen? Is it not in your Bible? Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. Since all things were made by Him and for Him, and since we are in Christ, there is no reason we cannot know or communicate with creation at the same level Jesus does. So I'm expecting you, Mike Mozek, and you, Albert, next time you go fishing, I want you to talk to the fish. Because the Bible says they'll speak to you. Your Bible says that in Job. Chapter 12. Speak to the fish. And they will tell you, it says, they will tell you the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God. All above is a part of our mystical inheritance in the kingdom of God. This new was a communication that will become common practice for God's sons and daughters to interact with creation beyond comprehension. See, creation knows the voice of sonship. King Josiah said in the sight of Israel, let's go to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10, 12 through 13. What version did I put on there, John? New King James you got? Huh? Okay. Forgot. So Joshua 10, verse 12. says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord, in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And He said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still. You know, we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I ain't heard nobody, no believer, no Christian tell the Son to stand still yet. It's here. It's written. Stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. They needed daylight to win the battle. To beat their enemies. And what did God do for them? 
the sun stood still. Now, you can go look in history. There, there's history books written that says there was a day in history where the sun stood still. It never went down for 24 hours. And when we begin to interact with creation at the level of sonship, every residue of any former curse will completely be removed like Joshua and the others in his day. Creation will respond to the voice of God and the voice of the sonship. God living in us. In you. Let me encourage you to lean into the sounds of heaven and prepare your heart to witness unfathomable acts of the kingdom of God. Unusual things. I mean, I'm not here not to tell you that it would not be unusual to talk to a donkey or to a pig or to a horse. But it's possible. See, the curtain of manifest glory is being pulled back right now for the entire world to see and know the glory of heaven. But the new kingdom age will be one of rest and peace. Again, I am, I am of the mind that the love of God comes to us to lead us to this supernatural realm of rest and peace. I'll tell you what, you want to know what the world needs today? Peace and rest. But as we discover this kingdom realm of expectation, because it's at the centers of God for all of humanity, see, outside of God's rest, we will continue down this tiring pathway of fighting the enemy at every turn. God doesn't want us to be in war. He wants us to be at peace. To be at rest with His finished work. And outside of God's rest, we will continue to fight. But living in the mindset of being in constant war is not a new covenant of God's perspective for His people. God is love showing us that God's intentions and responses for us is highly motivated by love. And God's love is the foundation and the pathway to entering into rest. Let's go to Exodus 33. I mean, I know Moses had a lot of great encounters with God. Exodus 33. New King James. Verse 13:33:13. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, Show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I might find what? What? In Exodus? That I might find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14. And he said, My presence will go with you. And what will he give us? I will give you what? Here we can see the favor of God. So you've got a choice right now in this world. Favor or fear. You just keep watching TV. You'll get so much fear you won't be able to move at some point. There are people today in this world that are paralyzed by fear. And you'll get a choice. Favor or fear. And if you don't learn to overcome fear, you're going to be paralyzed. And they know it. I mean, I have, 
I'm just telling you, it's just, it's, it's crazy what's going on. I, I just can encourage you. I can't tell you. I can't make you. I'm not your sheriff. I'm not at your house. But I tell you, shut off the TV. If you can't just watch Christian TV, shut it off. If you can't just watch, you know, a movie that's normal, not one that's revenge or something that we're discovering, you know, some craziness, some new solution or new serum or something, but, but here we can see the favor of God, the presence of God, and the rest of God working hand in hand. And from this year and beyond, we will see the sons and daughters of God unveil a future hope that will strip away any ancient mantle that has tried to imprison the people of God into the mind of death and decay. The perspective of darkness overtaking the earth is a lie born out of the spirit of religion. The constant image of good versus evil has long been the epicenter of Hollywood's intent. And as a result, billions of people walk away with the knowledge that good and evil are and will always be a part of their interwoven fabric of every society. This ancient idea of chaos, death, and condemnation, which once had glory, has not, had, does not have glory today, which means it is no longer a part of the earth equation of heaven on earth. See, God has changed everything in Jesus. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Well, Bible's upside down. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians 3. Verse 9. Three nine through eleven. Okay. For if the former ministry <laughs> for if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in <clears throat> with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far excel in glory? What once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it. The fading ministry came with a portion of glory, but now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent impartation of glory. Currently, there are billions of people who are controlled by the media and find it difficult to imagine ever coming out from under the worry burdens of life. Yet Jesus gives us a whole different picture in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. In the New King James, 11.28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, living in the rest of God has always been key to knowing God, discovering His path and living in His favor. See, our choice today, especially in our world, is favor or fear. The peace of God is the state of mind of or being, whereas the rest of God is the result of taking on the mind of Christ, which leads us into ultimate place of resting in Him. Today in the New Covenant, the promised land is not some future location in time, but the promised land is a person named Jesus. The Hebrew word for shalom refers to an inward sense of peace, completeness, wholeness, and tranquility. When greeted in, when greeted in Israel, they use the word shalom that implies you, that you may be full of the well-being or full of health and prosperity to be upon you. And so then in Romans 8, let's go to Romans 8. Verse 38, Passion Translation, Romans 8, 38 and 39. So now I live. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that His love will triumph over death. Life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. And there's no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. And so as we, as long as we allow ourselves to be dominated by a warfare mentality, which a lot of people are talking about today, we cannot expect to see the supernatural rest and peace of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Amen. First Chronicles, you got that, John? First Chronicles 22.9. Oh, we're in the pictures now, John? Okay. This First Chronicles 22.9. Behold, the Son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all of his enemies all around. His name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. And then John 4.27 I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. That's John 14.27 in the Passion. 
See, I love the idea that Jesus left His peace with us. I also love that His peace is supernatural. Unlike the peace of the world, which is circumstantial. I don't know about you, but for me, this is good news. I like the worship team to come. This is good news. Amen? Well, more to come on this topic. I have more to talk about, but not today. <laughs> Understanding the church in the kingdom age. That's what we're talking about. So if your neighbors look at your funny this week when you're talking to the chickens, or if a cat comes down the way you know, in your driveway and you said, I'm going to start talking to that cat, Or you start talking to the raccoon that's in your garbage. Get out! And he goes, okay, okay, just give me a couple more minutes and I'll eat the rest of the food and I'll be out.
You have your wafer? Ready? Sons and daughters of God, oh my gosh. The universe is on tiptoes, awaiting the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. The world is waiting to see us get it. Find out who we already are in Christ. Live in it. Act like it. Demonstrate it. He took the bread, He gave thanks, and He distributed it to His disciples and said, Take, eat. Take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Mm. Taste and see the Lord is good. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it. And whenever you drink it, drink this. Do it to remember me. Let's remember him. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. I want to start out with a little testimony. You know, the enemy, he's always seeking who he can devour. Always. He's on his job 24-7. But let me tell you, God is on his job 24-7 also. You know, he's always, he's always, you know, sneaking around the corner trying to attack us. And trying to pull us away from God, you know. On the job, I was facing the challenge. My niece works there now. And she's the one who's facing the challenge every day with taking her life, wanting to take her life, not feeling that her life is worth anything. She's on the job. And the lady who's in charge of the, the department was, is being, was being so mean and so rude and so my niece already has a challenge. She's already facing difficulties. And this lady is, was just being so mean. My niece would come, you know, to me every now and then when she was, you know, under that attack so that I could calm her down. And I was getting to the point that I was starting to have bitter towards this lady animosity. And I was feeling a hate towards her. And so, I know, hate is not of God. So I had to go in my prayer closet. And then I looked on Facebook and I seen a post that Leah had posted. She said a few words, she shared a few words, and she said a prayer. And then she started singing this song of a refreshing in Jesus. And that just hit me so hard. And I know that that was from God. And I was like, wow, God, you're so good. You're such an on-time God because 
I don't want to feel like this about this person. So this was yesterday. And so when I went to work, I was like, all right, I'm going to talk to her, but I'm going to talk to her with a sincere heart. And I'm going to be open and honest with her of what's going on. And I shared with her, you know, my feelings that I was starting to feel towards her. And I said, I don't want to feel like that about you. But I'm asking you, can you please, can you please show kindness to my niece? She's going through some things that are personal and I can't share with you. But can you just please show her kindness? And she apologized and she hugged me. And she said she was sorry for making me feel that way. But I'm trusting that things will be better. And I'm trusting that God, God is a good God. He's an awesome God. And I'm trusting that he's working that situation out because I surrendered it over to him. What a good God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Never give in. Never give in to those desires. That's of Satan. He wants us to have those feelings. They're not of God. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you that I've been set free of that feeling. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. He's an amazing God. Thank you, Father.
We're asking for more of you. We need a refreshing in you, Lord. We need it every day of our lives. Yes, Lord, we call upon your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. Hallelujah.
I'd like to close with Proverbs 3, 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Father, thank You for our time together today. Lord, I pray that we would be a people of favor. No fear. No fear. No fear. We're not slaves of fear any longer because of Jesus. And I pray that we'd have a peaceful and restful, quiet, shalom week. Shalom. May you be full of His being. May you be healthy and wealthy and prosper because of Him. He is worth to receive all glory. And the presence of God doesn't, when you walk out of here today, doesn't leave. Doesn't, it stays with you. Wherever you go, His presence will be with you. Thank you, Jesus. Have a great week.